Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. We're so thankful that you're here with us tonight on Facebook as well as on Zoom. And we're so glad that you uh, have chosen to spend your Wednesday evening with us. Uh, we pray that you would find tonight to be uh, constructive and challenging and uh, hopefully comforting at the same time as well. We want to uh, begin tonight with prayer and just asking the Lord to speak through us um, tonight as we begin this uh, evening's lesson. So could you just join me in prayer right now? Jesus, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. We thank you for this opportunity to be together online. Pray, Lord, that you would continue to move us and guide us in all things. We'll love you and we'll praise you forever. Give us wisdom tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. We're thankful for all of you that are joining us uh, tonight and be on the lookout tomorrow night or Friday morning on Facebook and YouTube for a short video updating you about uh, Sunday services. We're glad that we can get together. Uh, we can get together at 80% capacity or 25% capacity, which is about 80 people. And so we're asking you if you're planning to come to our service, please email us at uh, spiritofgracechurch1 at gmail.com. And uh, that way we can prepare. We're going to have a live service for everybody. We just need to make sure that we can get everybody in there. And then we'll still be on uh, Facebook as well as YouTube and our podcast later in the day, however. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, this week has been an interesting week. And uh, I have, uh, for the most part, for the last month or so, I have avoided the news as much as I could uh, as just wanting to be sure to um, know what's going on as far as the church is concerned and the, and the pandemic and the things of that nature. But I've avoided a lot of the other things. And then on Monday for Memorial Day, our family, uh, we really weren't on, on the news or anything really at all. And uh, then last yesterday, obviously, with the uh, situation here in Minneapolis, uh, we want to... Uh, just say how heartbroken we are for the Floyd family and all of the things that are going on here in Minneapolis and around the country, really. And uh, I want to just, I made some revelation or had some revelation the last few weeks, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm getting ready to turn 50 in August and trying to catch up to some of you knowing I'll never catch you. But uh, turning 50 in August and or looking back, uh, realizing, as most of you know, my father-in-law passed away a few weeks ago and realizing that when I first met him uh, way back when I first went to Bible college, he was about my age today. And uh, so maybe that's what has kind of triggered because I remembered my very first ministry opportunity was the youth pastor at uh, Kent Christian Center in Dover, Delaware. And uh, my parents in the ministry were Wayne and Janet Trout, and so thankful for the opportunity that they gave me to serve at a very young age. I had just turned 18 in October of 1988. And when they uh, offered me that position, I thought they had been around the block forever and ever, and they had grown churches, and they had been in ministry for uh, years and years and years, and uh, looking back now, I realize that they were close to my age 
when I was getting to college. And uh, <clears throat> they're about 30 years older than me, a little over 30 years older than me. I'm getting ready to start my 33rd year in the ministry this October. And uh, so I kind of realized, had a revelation about the last two, three weeks, and that was simply I have joined the age or the group of people where we've been around the block a few times and in the ministry have seen a lot of things. And for the longest time, for almost, well, really my entire ministry from 1988 until just recently, uh, we have always felt that our ministry was a local ministry. I've never had dreams or aspirations of having a, a, a voice outside of my local assembly. When we were in Dover, our main focus was our kids in Dover and at Northeast. I don't want to leave them out in case they're watching tonight, but our Northeast kids and our Dover kids. And then also when we moved to Kansas City, uh, our main focus for the first half of the time we were there were our teenagers there. And then as we were assisting there, uh, it was still a local mindset. And then when we came here, I just came here with the idea that I was going to be a pastor that would be a local voice through Spirit of Grace Church. And then the pandemic called COVID-19 hit, and we were forced online like we are tonight. And I realized over the last couple of days and weeks that as we see who has checked in online all around the country, and even we've gotten some uh, posts and shares and emails from people overseas that have watched and listened that uh, the voice of our ministry is going um, even further than what I ever dreamed would happen. And I don't say that boastingly, I just say that humbly, that my motivation has always been local. And so when something like this has happened this week, my tendency would always be to just wait until the next time our local assembly was gathered together and I would share my heart in a local way where it wasn't out online for everybody to hear. That was my mindset and my mentality. And uh, as I was working today and driving my truck today, I just felt the nudging of the Spirit. And really, it, there was a nudging of the Spirit really through my wife, even at 4 o'clock this morning uh, when I woke up and was getting ready to go to work. Um, uh, she happened to be up already, and she just said, I just feel like we need to say something. And I looked at her and I said, well, say what? <laughs> and that was about the extent of our conversation. And then she posted on Facebook just such a wonderful post about the whole concept of what has happened. And the more I've watched and read from different people that have posted and stated some things, some friends of ours, and uh, I, I do feel like I need to address, uh, and normally I would gather our church people together, but now everybody can see it online and that's okay. Uh, I'm not fearful of what I'm going to say. I believe that the Lord has prompted me uh, to say it. And that is simply this. Um, racism is a sin, and racism is wrong. And all of the different things that happen throughout our history as a country, really around the world, racism is not new. Racism goes all the way back to Isaac and Ishmael and the, their descendants flowing from there. There's always been... Uh, friction between different groups of people. And I believe that it is an abomination unto the Lord. And I believe that uh, it should be uh, one of the things that we pray against and live against. And I've so enjoyed some of the posts of different people uh, admonishing us to love one another, 
treat one another godly and gently. And uh, I agree with all of those things. But as I was working today, I said, Lord, there's got to be something even beyond or beneath this whole racism thing. And uh, my heart is broken every time I see whoever it is being put down by another, being trampled by another. It's not a godly uh, example. Uh, I, th I think it grieves God. In fact, I know it grieves God's heart because God loved all of us. And so I wanted to uh, approach this not just in the light of what's just happened in the last two days, but on a bigger scope or a deeper scope, if you will, I want to go into the word of the Lord, and I believe that God wants to speak to the church uh, tonight. And again, like I said, primarily I'm speaking to our folks at Spirit of Grace, but I've already seen some people from across the country that have gotten online and are listening, and we want to encourage you to listen to the word of the Lord and hear the word of the Lord. I don't want to, uh, I feel the anointing of the Lord as I am beginning to speak. And so I am comfortable in the fact that I'm going to share with you what I believe the Lord placed into my heart today to share with you. So I want you, as I teach and speak, I want you to remove as much as you can from the specific situation of Monday and Tuesday and, um, both being the, the original act and then the protest last night. I, I want you to go beyond that and go to a different level with me tonight. Uh, and, and I am going to make some statements that are very strong, uh, and, but they're, they're statements that I believe. I believe in multicultural churches. Uh, I'll just be bold enough to state it. If you're not a church, in a, if, if you're a church in a city or an area where there is diversity and multicultural uh, people, your church needs to be multicultural. We need to reach all people with the gospel of Jesus. And uh, I was so, I, I've got a hero of mine. He's my age. And uh, we've been friends for many, many years. And he, he put a very dynamic post out on Facebook today. And uh, I love it very much, what he said. And so I wanted to share it with you. He's allowed people to share it on Facebook. And I haven't shared his post yet. Uh, but I wanted to read it to you tonight. He said this, and, th and this is not my words, but this is his words. I was related to George. I had the same dad. The breath that was taken away, and he told us as it was happening, my brother was killed. And then he went on to say this. Vengeance is very wrong. Justice is very right. God, please bring it and comfort and peace and courage and hope. And please, God, help us to realize that our family is so much bigger than we think. Our family is so much bigger than we think. We have the same creator. That's why I know racism is an abomination to God. And it grieves the heart of God wherever racism rises, no matter what kind of racism that you uh, think is out there. And, uh, and so I began to pray today, God... What is really going on? Uh, because, like I said, racism has been around since Ishmael and Isaac. And uh, no matter what we have as humans tried to do uh, and, and, and movements that we've tried to originate and things that we have tried to do, uh, it's still here. Uh, we fought wars over it, uh, both natural, real wars, also spiritual wars, also just political wars are constantly being fought over uh, this concept of racism. And I felt like the Lord began to speak to me and 
basically what he said, and this is what I want to share with you tonight, is it goes deeper than racism. Racism is a human thing. What this is, and it's going on, it has been going on, and I don't know if this is going to be a new revelation for any of you, but it is to me, and that is this is a spiritual battle that goes beyond the concept of racism. And uh, I want to share that with you tonight because I believe that if the church is going to be the representative of Christ in this world, we need to overcome these things such as racism and all the other things that cause trouble um, at this moment in time we're dealing with racism. And in order to overcome that, it's going to have to be overcome through the Spirit and the Holy Spirit helping us. And uh, Genesis chapter 2, this is something that my friend referenced in his post. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. You see, it doesn't matter what color you are, red, yellow, black, or white. We're all precious in his sight. And uh, life is precious. And part of the problem that we have that we are classifying as racism is the tool of the enemy to cause division. We have become, and I'm not just talking in America, I'm talking around the world, we have become such a divided people. And when you become in a divided house against itself, stand, cannot stand, the Bible says. And the reason why we are experiencing some of these crumbling situations in our society today is because we are not united together and we are not on the same page. We have been divided. And, uh, and, and so as I began to seek the Lord for some clarity on the concept of division, uh, he brought me to a passage that I have memorized back when I was a kid. But Romans chapter 1, verse number 18, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did violent, degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Amen. And uh, as I began to think about this passage, I started connecting some dots that I've never connected before. And uh, notice in verse number, uh, all these scriptures run together. Verse 20, he says, it's clearly seen as invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. And uh, 
then down a little bit further, uh, it says um, in verse number 25, they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself. And as I began to think about that, I felt like the Lord spurred my spirit to say the creature is what, which is what the King James Version calls it. They worship the creature more than the creator. The, the created things are the representative or the symbol of his eternal power and divine nature. And man throughout time, without excuse, the Bible says, can look at nature and see the divine attributes of God, his eternal power and his divine nature, and so when you begin to see that, and if you don't allow him to hold that himself, but you start striving after that, you end up getting to verse 25 and you start worshiping the things that he has done. And what you're really doing is you're trying to reach or take or grasp the power that he has. And so the whole concept of the society crumbling around us is a power grab. And the only way that people can get power and authority is to have somebody underneath them that they can lord it over. See, there's only one Lord, the Bible says. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is high and lifted up and his train fills the temple. There's nobody like him. And the devil from the very beginning, his idea was, I'm going to be like God. In Romans, it's the same exact thing that's happening. I'm going to be like God, except that it's couched in terms that we don't recognize as being a power grab. And so the things that are happening in the world today and have been happening really since, since Satan fell, even before Satan fell, is, is uh, this desire to be like God. Now, we use different terms for that. Uh, we say, I want to control the situation. I want it my way. It's my way or the highway. What are we really saying? It's, it's about me. And what has happened is that everything that we do has become selfish instead of an outflow of others. Instead of seeing others and through others' eyes, everything gets run through our viewpoint, our perspective, our understanding. And the problem with that is we, are, we receive our perception and our understanding from the way that we're raised, from the areas that we come from, from what we see and experience in life. And we respond to those stimuli that happen throughout our life. And that's what, that's what, um, that's what forms us and makes us into uh, sharing a perception of things that are different. My perception is not the same as your perception. I perceive things based off of the way that I was raised, the way that I understood things, the way that I was taught, the people that I patterned myself after, and the things that I've done. And, and you've done the same. And some of you have different backgrounds than my background. And some of you were taught differently than I was taught. And what the devil has... Uh, been able to do since Adam and Eve was to cause a wedge to come in between the people of God. There is a wedge there. The reason why Adam and Eve struggled was because Satan stuck the fruit of the tree in between the two of them. And as they began to disobey the things of God, we have what we have today. And ever since that time, if God, if the, if the adversary can get a wedge between people and divide people, he understands that things will not happen the way that we would like them to happen. It, it, it's biblical. If you read Genesis chapter 11 at the Tower of Babel, 
the Lord himself says, this isn't just somebody, a man that's reading, looking. This is God himself. He says, they can do whatever they've imagined to do because they're of one mind and they speak the same language. And so if you and I could ever, as the church of the living God, as the people of our, our, of our society could ever get to where we could unite, doesn't mean we agree on everything, but where we could unite with one another and realize that we are all of the same kindred, we are all from the same father, we all have the same breath of life inside of us, when that unity begins to happen, it will destroy the division around us and the division will dissipate to where now we would be able to eliminate, eliminate a lot of the junk that's going on in society. One of the, you, you think about it, uh, you think about how we operate. And, and, and remember, I'm talking big picture tonight. I'm not talking specific situations, but we divide and label and identify people and groups of people in just about every atmosphere. You take it into the the, the workplace, and uh, at, and I'll just give you mine. I, I work for uh, Ameripride, and it's an Aramark company. And in Ameripride, we have management, we have upper management, we have production, we have service, we have uh, custodial, we have engineering, we have clean room, we have restaurant, we have medical, we have all all these different breakouts to meet the different needs there, and, and that's all well and wonderful. But even within a workplace, there tends to sometimes be friction between the different departments. And I know our company's not any different than others because I talk to all the companies that I service and they all deal with the same thing. And it's because they're until they get on the same page. And then when they get on the same page, everything flows much better and flows much smoother. And we've done that in absolutely everything. I challenge you to, to go online and Google uh, just Google political polls and then freak yourself out because <laughs> uh, of all the different polls that are out there. And then you look at the breakdowns of those polls. We have taken it down to the very nth degree of separation so that the politicians can decide who to focus on in order to get the right amount of votes to get what? Power, to get authority. And in the under the guise of I want to serve my country and I and I'm don't misunderstand me I'm thankful for all of of the politics I don't want it I wouldn't want that job for anything and those that do want it God bless them I'll pray for you but if you look at the breakdown of all that they go down to the very nth degree to separate out the different people and, and they do that because they group people into to different divisions so that they can send a message to a different core of people so that they get a different message so that they vote a certain way. And, and we like to bash the politicians for doing that, but we do that as well as a church or as Christians. And um, uh, you think, uh, you go and you just Google all the different Christian denominations in the world and see how many you find. Well, every denomination that's out there started because it disagreed with another denomination and it became a different denomination every single one uh because the the church started in the upper room in the book of acts and through history and through all of the different things 
and the interpretation of Scripture, the interpretation of how to have service, the interpretation of who God was and how God related to people, all of a sudden disagreements and divisions came. Instead of, of trying to work with it and to agree where they could agree and disagree where they disagreed and still be one, they divided themselves up into different And now we have thousands of denominations throughout the world that claim to be Christian. And so it's no wonder that we are sending as human beings, we are sending a message that the way to create an atmosphere of success is to divide one another. And then we wonder why we have things such as racism and such as uh, an outlook that one group of people is different than another group of people and one group of people is maybe better. We have lower class, middle class, and upper class. And the problem with that is there are many people that financially fall under the lower class that have a whole lot more class than the upper class people. Class is just a perspective of somebody. There are some people that are filthy rich that have a that are very classy and that you could sit them down with somebody that doesn't make any money and they would fit right in and they would get along together. And then there are those that that have fallen into this division and now we are we're everything we do and make our mindset and we talk about and we work about, well, I'm a grunt and I'm upper management, I'm middle management, and we have divided people instead of united people. And it's come into a church that from way back when, even into the church, there's a division. I'm better than this thing. I'm better than that thing. I do more than this. This person's better than me. And we've compared ourselves to different ministries, to different people, to different churches. I'm not doing things the way they're doing it. They're not doing things the way that I'm doing it. The way that I do it is right. And the way that they do it is wrong. And the way that they speak it is right. And the way that I speak it is right. And so who's right? And so I believe that the undercurrent or the foundational dysfunction of what we're experiencing in the world today is a spiritual thing of division. And so I agree with all of those that have spoken out and saying we've got to come against racism and we've got to come against these things that we're dealing with in, the, in society today. And, and I believe that wholeheartedly. But let's go even a little bit deeper and let's fight against the divisive spirit that's in the world because the divisive spirit that's in the world is coming from our adversary. It's not coming from heaven. Heaven does not divide. It unites. Heaven, do, de, heaven doesn't break apart. Heaven restores. The things that break things apart are the things of our adversary. And we're fighting that. The Bible says we fight not against flesh and blood. And that's what racism is. Racism is a fight against flesh and blood. And it is against the precepts and the word of God. And it sickens my spirit and it sickens my soul that it's even in the world today. It drives me absolutely crazy. I, I have not... I have not experienced it firsthand against me necessarily, but I do remember times in uh, on a corral tour, no less, and, and having to experience it with some friends of ours. And so I've seen it firsthand, and I've seen how it can just break a spirit. And it's just, it drives me nuts. Uh, it, it infuriates my spirit. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, God, how do we fix it? I'm just a pastor of a small church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. What do I do? What can I say? What can I be? And that's why it has to go deeper than just the symptoms. It has to go to the ill. It has to go to the sickness that's there. And I believe that that sickness is the spirit of the divided person. 
or people, if you will. And I believe that it happened way back when. God, the devil has been trying to do it for years and millennia, if you will. And it's not going to stop until every knee bows and every tongue confesses. I wish I could say we could figure out how to banish it all, but we're not going to banish it all. Uh, because what my friend stated is very true. Vengeance is very wrong, but I totally understand why somebody would want to seek vengeance after experiencing something like that and seeing something like that. I get that so much, but that's when the Bible comes in and says, overcome evil with good and overcome evil and let vengeance rest in the hands of God because it's not up to me, it's up to God. I need to fall on my face before the Lord. And so I asked God today, well, what is the answer? What is the answer? And here's what I believe the Lord shared with me. And that is simply this. We need to repent. We need to repent. Because we have allowed as Christians, as churches, as the people that should be promoting and reflecting the unity of the Spirit of God. Oftentimes, it's a church battling this, and a church battling this church, and a church competing with this church, and, and that church is a mega church, and this is a small church, and this doesn't mean much, and that means a lot. And we have allowed it to seep into the core of who we are as Christians. And I believe that God is calling us like Second Chronicles 7, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. I want you to notice what the Lord says there. In that passage, he did not call the politicians to repentance. He did not call the secular leaders and the businessmen to repentance. He did not call the educators and the academia to repentance. He called the people that are called by my name. If we are going to call ourselves Christian, it rests upon our shoulders, you and me and the churches of Christ, to seek his face for our country and our world to seek our, his face and begin to do battle against and turn from our wicked ways. Search my heart, O God, and know my ways. If there be any unclean thing, purge me and cleanse me with the washing of water by your word, because I know we are all human, and so there is some kind of prejudice in us. And when I say prejudice, I'm not talking about necessarily a racial thing. I'm talking about a, a slanted point of reference, a perception that we're all raised with in a certain way that we get from our teachers, from our parents. Listen, the school that I was raised in, Oakdale Elementary, Maplewood Junior High, Southwest Junior High in Albert Lee, and Tartan High School is totally different than what my boys are doing at Mississippi Elementary, Madison Elementary, Coon Rapids Middle, and Coon Rapids High School. It's a total different mindset. It's totally taught a different way. And so all of us have certain ways that we look at things and we respond to things. And you and I uh, have a responsibility then to say, God, just Take it and, and, and turn it into your grace and your mercy and help me to see others not like I see them or not like my perception sees them, but help me to see them like you see them. Yeah. 
Give me your eyes, give me your ears, give me your heart, give me your spirit. What this world desperately needs right now is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. What this world desperately needs are churches of every stripe and color and denomination and viewpoint to fall down before God and grab a hold of the hem of his garment until he begins to pour his spirit out on us and allows us to become the salt and light that he created us to be in the first place so that we can shed light on the divisive spirit that's in the world. And when we can take the divisive spirit and begin to mend that division all of a sudden, all of the other things will fall into place. And the things that we're dealing with this week and last week and two weeks ago will be minimized because the power and the presence of God will flood our land. Then I will heal their land. But it's up to the church. It's up to you and me. And, uh, and, and as I was driving today which i get to thankfully with my job i do a lot of windshield time and i was just asking the lord and and, and listening and and uh with the things that are happening in society as well as what's been going on with the whole concept of this pandemic and and the stay at home safer at home all the different things that are out there and i'm not just talking about minnesota i'm talking nationwide and really worldwide of how it's all all kind of fallen into place god what are you really trying to say and i think the lord and i may have even said it before he may have just reaffirmed it to me today i'm calling you back to me i'm calling you back to me you see my pastor once said it's not a catholic thing it's not a pentecostal thing it's not a baptist thing it's a Jesus thing. It's all about Jesus. And have we become so busy trying to do the work of God? I sent this out in a, in a devotion, I believe, or maybe it was one of my messages, but have we become so busy for God that we've become too busy for God? Have we neglected him to try to do what, he, what we think he wants us to do? I believe that he's calling us back to him. As we come back together Sunday, we're not coming back together as Spirit of Grace Church only. We are coming back together as a force of spiritual warriors that God is calling to the front lines of prayer, of fasting, of Bible study, of reaching people with love and mercy and grace. Listen, they're not going to hear the gospel until they feel the heart. They're not going to listen to the word until they see the heartbeat of God. If we're not releasing the heartbeat of God through prayer and fasting and the love, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Listen, I have crossed over a point in my life where no longer can I sit by 
and be a passive minister and not speak what God lays into my heart, being fearful of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, being offensive to the wrong person. Listen, the, the time for that is over. I am calling you as a preacher of the gospel. It's time to bow our knee before him one more time. It's time for us to push back the entertainment of the world one more time and seek his face in a mighty way. It's time for us to lay it aside our disagreements and our grudges and put it under the blood of the lamb. Because at the foot of the cross, my pastor once said, there's very little difference between the best of us and the worst of us. There is very little difference between the best of us and the worst of us at the foot of Calvary. Let's go back to Calvary together. Let's fall under the blood of the lamb one more time and just see the healing power of God before he returns for his bride. What will he do if the church will just get to a place of repentance? There is something that is trying to flood the soul of Christians worldwide. It's not the, I, I, I preached on Sunday, the harvest is ready. People are ready for it. They're looking for it. They're wanting it. They don't, may not know that's what they're looking for, but they're hungry for it. My soul was sickened by what's taken place, but my heart was equally graved on Tuesday evening when people were lashing back in a way that was going against people that weren't, the, the people that, that committed the crime wasn't even there. It goes both ways. There's so much going on in this world. It's falling apart because we're so divided. Could it be that God is calling the church again? Let us be the uniting force. Stop competing with one another. Stop fighting with one another. Grab hand with hand and heart with heart, spirit with spirit. I so appreciate the network of ministries that we have joined over the last couple of years, Destiny Ministries, because it's a ministry that's not about division. It's a ministry about uniting the works of God all around the country and even around the world to make an impact in this world. Could it be that God is just waiting for you and just waiting for me? Could it be that God is waiting for Spirit of Grace Church to grab a hold of the uniting force of the Holy Spirit? Listen, if you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost, it's for you and you don't need to wait to come to church to get it. My friend's father got it in the car as he was driving down the street and he stayed on the road. And, and you can get it anywhere at any time. Just say, God, I want your spirit and I worship you and I worship you and I worship you. Forgive me, God, for all of my shortcomings. Search my heart and know my ways. Wash me and cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Help me to believe even when I don't believe. Help me to trust even when I don't trust. Help me to acknowledge you even when I don't acknowledge you. Help me to be reunited with you. Could it be that we are the connect point for a worldwide revival? Could it be that God has taken us through this season of what we call isolation and separation? 
Could it be that God has just prepared us for explosion and presentation? And it'll only happen as we repent, as we call on God, as we cry out to him. I want to encourage you right now all across the airwaves, Facebook, if you watch this on YouTube later, listen to it on the podcast. Whenever you're listening to this message, I call on you right now, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Would you just take the next few seconds and join me in beginning to repent? Well, what is repentance, Pastor? I'll tell you what repentance is. It's having a sorrow for not being right. It's a sorrow of not doing that which God wants us to do. It's a sorrow, but not only is it a sorrow, it's a turning away and it's a commitment that though I'm looking one direction, I'm going to actually look to you. Though I've looked down, listen, when it says that it worshiped the creature more than the creator, the creature is horizontal. It's the things that are created, and we don't even realize that we've worshiped, we've become worshipers of it. But our 401ks, our IRAs, our jobs, our homes, our cars, our barbecues, our hobbies, our, our, our things of joy in this world, those have all become things that, that we may not bow down and worship, but yet we spend our time, our finance, our our energies on and when we do that and we release those are all things that are created by God let's go back to God I'm sorry God I repent God I'm going to lift my eyes to you would you join me right now Jesus I don't know where each person is at that hears this and watches this but I have felt your spirit this day I have felt your anointing. I pray, God, that what I have shared tonight came across making sense. I don't want to offend anybody, but I want to call everybody to repentance. Lord, I don't want to turn anybody away, but I want to call everybody to the throne room. Lord, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my shortcomings. Lord, cleanse my heart. Cleanse my spirit. Renew me and restore me and reconcile me again to your heart, O God. Lord, I'm asking you that as we come back in the next few days as a church, as Spirit of Grace Church, that we would walk through the doors in a unity that we've never experienced before, in a power of oneness. Lord, everybody in one accord and one mind so that your spirit can flow. Lord Jesus, I pray for every church in our community. I pray for every denominational church in, in the state of Minnesota and around this country and around the world. Lord, I unite together with my friends in the ministry and the churches all across the world. Lord, we ask you to forgive us of standing silent, of not following you, of not listening to you, of allowing petty differences to get inside and in between us. Lord, I'm asking you once again, in this day and in this age, would you bind us together with cords that cannot be broken? Bind us together with mercy and love and grace and help us to see others through your eyes and feel others through your love and Lord sense others through your hearing Lord and let our heart beat as your heart beats and allow us oh God to see a unification of your spirit in this day and in this age let it flood our country again I pray for our political leaders no matter what stripe they come from 
no matter what political background they are. I'm asking you, Lord, to bless them and have mercy on them. Give them wisdom and understanding in all things. Lord, like you spoke to Pharaoh and his wife, like you spoke, Lord, to Pilate and his wife, Lord, like you spoke to all of the leaders throughout history, speak again, I pray, to our leaders and allow us, Lord God, to receive it from the power of God and from the word of God. And Lord, one more time, take us to the foot of Calvary. I plead your blood upon every child. I believe I plead your blood upon every neighborhood. Lord, I plead your blood upon every culture, every, Lord, diversity, every uh, viewpoint, every outlook, whoever it is, oh God, let your blood flow from Calvary and purify and cleanse us one more time. God, in your name, I pray. For at your name, every knee, it doesn't matter whose it is, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that you're the Lord. God, unite us. Heal our land, O oh God. Heal our churches first and then heal our land, O oh God. In your mighty name, O oh Lord, I pray. In your mighty name, O oh Lord, I pray. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that I've made sense to you tonight. I pray you feel the heart of this pastor in northwest suburban Minneapolis, that you would understand what's beating on the inside of us. We need to have a move of God. We need to have the sweeping hand of God move all the way across this dear country around the world. Praise God. Praise God. We look forward to re-engaging on Sunday. Remember to email us at spiritofgracechurch1 at gmail.com so that we can make sure to have plenty of seats. We can go at 25%. Listen, I want to challenge you in the next few days. Find a place of repentance. Get away from the kids. Get away from your spouse. Close your door. Find a room that's all on your own and just plead the blood of the lamb. Go to an office, go to the basement, find a closet. Get a hold of the things of God for yourself. And when we as individuals get a hold of them, he will unite us as a church. May God richly bless you on Facebook land. We'll see you. Uh, our Wednesday evening services are going to remain online for the next several weeks. And so we'll see you back here online live next Wednesday night. We'll have it recorded on Sunday and we'll be broadcasting our service on Sunday afternoon, uh, hopefully around one or two o'clock uh, as soon as we can get it uploaded. We love you all. Thank you for being with us tonight. God bless you all around the country and even around the world. We appreciate you so very much. God bless.